0: fifth line mike todd here in arena host for your columbus blue jackets and you're listening to the subjectively speaking podcast and now here's jeremy paul and laura norman
1: what is up everyone and welcome on and i'm jeremy and i'm laura And Laura, before we talk about some drama in Blue Jackets land, DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for our listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's one hundred to one odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive the gold, silver or bronze this Olympic season. One hundred to one odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all of the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook, especially when I'm visiting my dad up in Michigan. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new betters, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Speaking of gambling, speaking of gambling, let's talk about Yarmulkeke, Lion, and Laura. Let's talk about them. Let's talk about let's talk about Mr. Clean Yarmo Kekalainen.
0: Oh you mean the huge gamble that he's taking with our protected list for the expansion draft um where yeah. we found out we found out officially yesterday at uh, ten AM that the Blue Jackets have made what we feel to be the incredibly ridiculous decision to leave Max Domi unprotected um, for the expansion draft in return for protecting Eric Robinson. Um, If you've listened to our last episode, episode 53, where we discussed the expansion draft and who Jeremy and I would protect um, from Seattle, uh, this is insane to us. Absolutely insane um, that they are betting... On the fact that Seattle won't want to take Max because of his injury, um, just to protect Eric Robinson. Um yeah, I'm I'm mad. I mean, I know that we we talk all the time about trusting Yarmo, and I do trust Yarmo, but it just doesn't make any sense to me to leave Max like, unprotected. Um, and I just keep crossing my fingers and hoping, hoping, hoping that they don't take him, um, because I want to see him again as a blue jacket. I don't think that we got to see his potential. I think that he is a player that would work well as a blue jacket. And these kinds of decisions are where I get nervous because it's like, why, why are we doing this to players that, that want, not that Eric Robinson doesn't want to be a Blue Jacket, but like players that want to be Blue Jackets.
1: It, um, would be, it would be different for me if we were talking about comparable players, right? Because at that point, I think you have to get rid of the like want to be a Blue Jacket or not, like the emotion side of it has to kind of go by the wayside in that moment. But I don't think we're talking about comparable players here, and I don't know that that's super unfair to say. I mean, I know that there are a lot of Eric Robinson fans out there, and and I mean, like honestly, like you're looking at two of them. I don't think Laura and I have any problem with Eric Robinson. I just think that at the end of the day, it's a matter of protecting your assets and, and ensuring that you're doing a good job in you know managing those assets. And I just the the asset management in the last year and a half, two years, is enough of a, a reason for me to pause right like and when you say like I still trust Yarma like I I, like think like my heart of hearts I do still trust Yarma but like it's really hard for me to to not be a little bit nervous right like because we talk about you know I mean like the gamble that this is and, and he recognizes the gamble um in an article with Aaron Portsline in The Athletic where he says we know that he we might lose him for nothing and that is what it is but like not only are you losing him for nothing, right? But then like, like, if you want to follow it back a minute, you know, you're losing Josh Anderson for nothing. You're losing, you know, you know, ah, it just like blows my mind. And I think too, like, not only are you losing that, you know, retroactively, but proactively, I think you're looking at losing some potential trade bait as you're going toward, you know, the trade deadline this year, if the blue jackets are out of the picture. And I think that that is an, in and of itself enticing enough of a reason for Seattle to look at taking Max Domi. Max Domi might not be able to play the first 20 games of the season or give or take a few. And by the time, you know, 20 games come and pass, like it's possible the blue jackets might look like they're out of it already. It might look like the Kraken are out of it already by that point in the season. And so they're going to be looking to recover assets too. And if they pick Max Domi, they're going to get assets at the trade deadline for him. You can't tell me that a team would not trade for a depth center. You can't tell me that. And so, It could be interesting. I know that there's been chatter out today that maybe Dean Kukin gets picked. We'll see. Um, So a lot of really fun things in Blue Jackets land. And we'll talk a lot more about the decision to leave Max Unprotected in our expansion draft episode, uh, which will be live streamed on Wednesday. So you'll want to make sure that you check that out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, Follow along on all those places at Subjectively Pod or on our Facebook, Subjectively Speaking, because you're not going to want to miss this one, folks. It's going to be a good time. I think we're going to have fun. Um, so, yeah, I think some other really important news today that I would be remiss if we didn't touch on is it's a really big day in hockey it's a really big day in professional sports um and that's because 19 year old luke prokop who is a prospect in the national predators organization um came out as gay today uh through multiple mediums through you know twitter instagram through uh i don't know if you got a chance to listen to any of the podcasts that he was on today he was on 31 thoughts um you know with elliot friedman and jeff merrick uh you know cover I mean he's uh you know Emily Kaplan also did a cover story on him um and his story. I mean it's just a huge day in hockey and I'd be remiss if we didn't spend a little bit of time on the podcast talking about that today, Laura.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um as all of you know if you've ever listened to the podcast one of our major you know things that we support and want to be a part of is making this sport, this league, this community, more inclusive, more diverse, more welcoming to everyone. And to have the first active player in the NHL at 19 years old to feel confident and strong enough in who he is as a person to make this decision to come out publicly is huge. Um, reading through the process of that he went through and making this decision You know, starting with when he was drafted last summer um, for the Nashville Predators um, and then sitting down and having, you know, a discussion first with himself about how he wanted to pursue his professional career. And when it came down to it, he wanted to be able to enjoy every minute of whatever opportunity he got in the NHL. And the only way he could do that truly is to live his authentic self. Um, Which I think is absolutely something that others can be inspired by, motivated by, because it's true, this thing that so many players, and there are, there are so many players that people just don't know about that have held this secret in or waited until they retired or, and that's in every sport, um, because they truly feared for their careers and their livelihoods and their safety sometimes. Um, to come out publicly. And, you know, he then started, he then decided to tell his family and his friends and some of his teammates. And thankfully, um, his family was very accepting and encouraging and very proud of him. Um, There's an incredible quote from his father um, in his article uh, with The Athletic that says, you know, he's like at first I was I was shocked, but I wasn't shocked in the way that you would think I would be. I was shocked in the way that made me realize all of the years that Luke suffered with this burden on his own. And I wasn't there as his father to support him, to help him, to guide him through this. Um, but I can now. I can now, and we're here standing as a family, you know, right beside him. Um, and of course. Then he went to speaking directly with his, you know, his team, his agent, um, all that sort of stuff, and they too were very encouraging, and they gave him, you know, two options. They said, "You can come out to your friends and your family and your teammates, you know, we'll support that and we'll keep it secret publicly, or you can come out publicly as well, and you can stand to be an example um, and an inspiration." and you know, Luke wears a letter on his current team and he takes leadership very seriously. And so he took that leadership opportunity to heart. And here we are today, you know, he met with the whole team of the Predators and they too said, we support you. We stand by you, you are family in our franchise, and we will be here every step of the way. um, Through your career and. From there on out, he made his announcement today, and it has just been incredibly encouraging to see all of the players, past and present, um, the other teams, you know, commentators, fans, um, just really rallying support for him. And granted, <laughs> I don't advise this, um, comment sections are terrible don't go to them Um, because there are still a lot there are a lot of fans who don't believe that he should be able to live his authentic self and even the fans that say I don't care about this just play hockey you are not supporting him you are telling him that his life his who he is as a person doesn't matter So even that response, as, you know, blanket supportive as it is, is not supportive. Yeah,
1: I think, well, I think that's what's really important about this, right? Like, I think that a lot of times in sports, a lot of times in in public life, like, it's a matter of, like, yeah, cool, like, it doesn't change anything, great, like, he's just, like, he plays hockey, like, cool. Um, And I think that people brush it under the rug, and, and almost, like, in the way that I think this is what you're getting at, like, in the same way that, like, that could be, like, someone's way of, like, trying to support them as being, like, okay, this changes nothing, cool, move on, like, n- like there's been a lot of recognition of the way that this does change things, but I think there's been a lot of recognition for the way that this changes things uh, that makes hockey a a sport that's more inclusive in, in a way that, um, you know, illustrates that Luke will serve as as the representation that so many, you know, not only just players, but fans and, uh, you know, like coaches and people in front offices and, you know, folks who are just working for the teams in one way or another, like, that they haven't had. Uh, and, and you're right, the folks may have come out after they played, but to be able to now follow a career of somebody who's openly gay, um, you know, as a prospect and, and to, you know, and that's the other thing too, right, like like the courage of of, of that exactly, right, where it's a matter of not being afraid to live your authentic truth when you recognize that you're in a place that could put you vulnerable to your future success and doing what you want to do and doing what you love. Like, like it's a big deal. And I like that. We're talking about it as such. I like that we are addressing that. This is, is a moment. This is important. It's not just a, okay, cool. Like I'm still his teammate. It doesn't change anything. I like that. We're saying that it does change things and it should change things. And it should change things for the better to make it a sport that everybody feels like they can be a part of. And so I'm really excited to see, you know, what comes from this. I'm excited to see if the NHL really does do what what it says it wants to do, like what it said it's going to do today. Uh, Because I promise that there are a lot of people watching. There are a lot of people paying a lot of really close attention, not only to Luke and his story, but to how the NHL moves forward and how the NHL continues to support and advocate for the LGBTQIA plus individuals that could be, um, a member of their ranks, even if they're not out. So, uh, big ups to Luke, so much love for Luke. Uh, he's definitely got fans here, subjectively speaking, I'll tell you that.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, just like you said, everyone's, everyone's looking at, you know, what the NHL is going to do and, um, obviously what teams are going to do, but also everyone's looking at what teams and what people aren't saying anything because that's the other thing is standing in silence is the other issue and we were both talking before we recorded about how happy we were that the blue jackets did make a statement today um in support of luke and luke's decision um on matters of inclusivity sometimes those especially for the lgbtqia plus community sometimes those aren't as prevalent um messages from our beloved team this is not the first time we've said this like other people make note of it go to the black girl hockey club um website and you will see you know the blue jackets are one of the lowest invested you know teams in this kind of circumstance and that's one of the things that we are striving to help be a bigger part of um because our sport our team our community can grow so much more if we start paying attention To these communities that were underserving and so it just it was you know really great to see an official team statement and then to see just the the flow of players coming out to make their own statements um because that you know that is a leadership position who knows one day luke could be a blue jacket too and we want him to come to this organization organization or any organization and feel the same amount of support that he is getting from the predators. He should never be worried about any team that he potentially plays for. So it's a, it's a big step, but there's still a lot of steps to go. And, you know, to, to, to wrap up this part of it, it's just, you know, huge round of applause to Luke. We will definitely be following his story. Um, You know, obviously, he may still have another year or so before he's actually playing for the Predators. Um, But, you know, he's going to go to camp, and he's going to be able to feel confident in who he is. And, you know, that's just going to do great things for him, for his career, um, and for the league overall.
1: Without a doubt. And, And, Laura, speaking of prospects and speaking of growth into the league, The Blue Jackets have a really exciting week coming up. Um, You know, obviously some some trying times, some difficult times on Wednesday when we eventually lose a Blue Jacket to the Seattle Kraken, whoever that might be. But we're going to add some folks into the fold here this week too. We're going to add some rookies. uh, And there is a lot um, of talent uh, toward the top of this draft. Uh, You know, there's no clear cut, you know, after you get past Owen Power as the first overall pick and probably Matt Beneers as the second overall pick, there's so much up up for grabs. <laughs> like There's no, no real knowing how the chips are going to fall this year. A lot of that depending on the scouting that teams were able to do before COVID. A lot of that depending on how teams were scouting players during COVID. And so it's going to be fun. And we have a lot to talk about. So I think the best way to start, Laura, is just by asking this question. The Blue Jackets, as of right now, depending on who you ask, (laughs) would say that they have the 5th overall pick, the 25th overall pick, and the 32nd overall pick. Of course, if you take away Arizona's pick, 24 and 31. But I'm going to hold on to that because I want to say that we are the first ever first-round 32nd pick. That's what I want to say. It's a stupid thing to hold on to, but we're going to hold on to it. And so uh, three picks – We had some conversation about this off the podcast, but just to kind of, to bring it back up for the listeners, Laura, I know that you are not certain that we are going to use all three of those picks. What do you have? What's like your vision? What do you think is going to happen, you know, leading up to draft day? Obviously the rosters are frozen until Thursday, but between Thursday and when the first overall pick is made, when Owen Power is a Buffalo Sabre at 8 p.m. on Friday, what do you think might happen?
0: I don't know that I necessarily have like a direct plan, but I just feel like Yarmo. Yarmo knows the very specific situation that we're in, having the most first-round picks in the entire NHL, Um, and I think that there are some situations where he would consider. I don't think he he'll get rid of the fifth the fifth pick. Mm -hmm. That's not the pick I'm. I think that he would sign away. Um, but definitely in consideration of the twenty-fifth and the thirty-second pick, I think that those are things that he'll consider, he'll at least consider using um in a trade scenario um to maybe either get some additional picks because we don't have a second round pick this season or this trade or this draft. Words are hard. Um And, you know, and for or for additional picks in the coming years where we're lacking in certain areas, Um, because I think that is a huge that is a huge card to be able to play is having the most picks in the first round Mm -hmm. Um, and not saying that he's going to do it, but I definitely think he's going to be considering it, um, especially in terms of like, you know, what what teams are going to be willing to do for a first round pick to get an additional you know like that's that's some high cost like situation we could be a part of um so yeah so I just don't want to rule it out but then again Yarmo is Yarmo, and no one ever really knows until um you know until the the mic is turned on and he's you know speaking from it but So we'll see. But I'm not I'm not ruling it out that he won't trade one of them away um, to get something uh, in return.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I I mean, I do end up thinking ultimately that I would probably say it's more likely than not that we do end up using those three picks. I think if you would ask me that question a handful of months ago before John Davidson was back in the fold and and when we were still talking about the season as if it was going to be anything more than a retooling versus a rebuild, like an entire rebuild. I might have been tempted to agree with the fact that I thought we were gonna get rid of something. I will say I could see us moving the f- uh, fifth overall pick, but that's only if we're we're trying to move up, right? Like uh, if we're trying to like package, say, like the fifth overall pick and maybe one of those other two draft picks, and and you know maybe something more if we're really in love with somebody who's gonna go one to four. I don't think that that's the situation. Like I said, I think when you get to to three through like eight. I think really any of those guys could go in any of those positions, so I don't know. I don't feel really too passionately about doing that, but I do wonder if maybe that second or third first round pick could be used to, you know, be a, you know, kind of some bait to get some of those really terrible contracts that are out there. I know that there's a lot of speculation that the Blue Jackets are going to be able to really weaponize the salary cap this offseason and be able to take on some contracts that aren't super favorable, uh, in return for some, for some love back, um, whether that be through picks or prospects. And so I wonder, you know, can the Blue Jackets trade one of those uh, picks in the late first round to say a Washington for Evgeny Kuznetsov? Uh, but, you know, they're trading for getting Kuznetsov and they're receiving back maybe a second-round pick in this year's draft, or they're receiving, um, you know, a prospect that's promising in Washington's pipeline. So I could see that being the other scenario, but I don't see – I don't see it being like a trade that is just like strictly to make the team better this year. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, if getting Kuznetsov would make this team better, but I think it's also going to be a situation where we eat some of the cap to be able to um, – to help a team out and they might show us some love in return. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. I I have to ask this question too, because it's, it's somewhat trade related, even though it's kind of going back to the expansion draft, um, you know, obviously we can't do anything. Nothing can be official in terms of trades, but the asking price for protecting a player has been a first round pick and a third round pick. So you look at maybe that 25 or that 32, and, and maybe that is the pick that, Seattle is comfortable taking from the Blue Jackets in order to protect say a Max Domi. Is that something that you would be interested in, or do you think that they keep the gamble going and would you rather them keep the gamble going rather than give up that uh, one of those first round picks and a third round pick?
0: Um, I don't, well, to first pause because I've had this thought and I'll forget it if I don't say it, but I just want to shout out Mike Todd for making me laugh this morning when he tweeted out that weaponized cap space is a great, like, heavy metal band name. There and is. that really just brought so much joy to me um, as a, a former slash current emo kid myself. <laughs> um, I just really enjoyed that. Um, but with the idea of you, Seattle getting our either 25th or 32nd pick I'm a little not so like into that idea Mm. because Seattle and again we stand the Seattle Kraken we are Seattle Kraken fans we can't wait I saw images of the jersey today and I was like whoo it looks so nice Um, and it just they're already getting like a lot of things so you know i'm okay i'm okay if we're not considering giving them those things to you know protect you know a player i would rather us get more in return for giving away one of those picks yeah um that's just my opinion but you know it's it's Yarmo's world and who knows what's gonna happen. But and we're I'm, just
1: living in it, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not as pro giving either of those picks to Seattle because I think that there's gonna be other teams that are gonna that are really trying to work with them to protect certain things. And because there are a lot of, I mean, not to harper back to the expansion draft, but there are a lot of notable players that have been left unprotected for the expansion draft. And so Seattle is going to be in a pretty good place. And I don't want to, I don't want to sweeten their deal any more than we have to.
1: I totally agree with you. I I would be pissed if we, (laughs) if we did that, but it's never outside of the realm of possibility. So we will see, but when the blue jackets pick fifth overall, they're going to have a selection of, of players that I think a lot of people, you know, obviously they don't have similar roles or they don't play, you know, the same positions as one another, but a lot of people kind of view them as around the same level of talent or, you know, the same potential promise, you name it. And so uh, some of those guys that you're looking at, the Blue Jackets possibly having the opportunity to select, um, I would almost bet that William Eklund will be off the board before, the Blue Jackets get a chance to pick at fifth overall, but William Eklund is somebody who, uh, you know, is considered to be be really solid, have like a lot of potential. Um, Same with Dylan Gunther, Um, you know, two players that, again, will probably be gone before the Blue Jackets get a chance to to make a stab at it, but those are two players that could be really great, Uh, and so it'll be interesting to watch their career. But when you really start to get to – thinking through the, the players that are really feasible for the Blue Jackets. So you start to think through some of the players that have been talked about for the Blue Jackets to be selecting. Uh, there's a lot of thought that Luke Hughes will be off the board uh, before the fifth overall pick, but that's somebody who the Blue Jackets would love to have. Uh, you know, he's a left-handed defenseman. He's really, really strong. A lot of people think that he could end up amounting to more than Owen Power. Uh, and so – you know, obviously that's the risk of a draft, right? Like it's a gamble. Uh, But then you start to get into uh, Simon Edmondson, who is somebody who um, pretty much everybody thinks the Blue Jackets are interested in. And then you have... um, you have Mason McTavish as somebody who the Blue Jackets are really interested in. So out of of those group of players that, you know, I ran down just now, Laura, is there anybody there that really stands out to you is somebody that you would love to see be a Blue Jacket? Uh, Is there anybody there that you're like, eh, I'm good.
0: (laughs) I mean, obviously I would love to see us get to Luke Hughes, but I do agree with you that he's going to be gone before the fifth pick um, the Hughes family, it's an incredible, you know, dynasty of talent. Um, his two older brothers are already in the league, um, and doing incredible things. He would, you know, in a lot of the lists, it's a, it shows him potentially going to New Jersey where one of his brothers always already plays. Um, and, you know, but it would be, like you said, a huge deal for Columbus to get a Hughes brother and to be able to bring him up through our organization. Um, and he's just doing a lot of great things. I was reading a profile on him today and like his skill level is legit. Um, and some of which have said that he's even in a better position than either of his brothers were when they entered into their respective drafts. So yeah. Um, That will be an interesting thing, but I doubt that he'll be available by our fifth pick. Um, Something about
1: a Michigan defenseman that the Blue Jackets just love.
0: Yeah, we stand. We stand a Michigan defenseman. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, obviously, Simon is a left handed defenseman as well. Um, And then McTavish Mason is a center. Both are things that we need and will need in the coming years Um, and if you look at any sort of article that's written, um, basically that's what (laughs) every analyst has the Blue Jackets picking in any of their picks is either a defenseman or a center um, because those are what we need. We are extremely weak currently in the center position um, and with moves potentially happening and... You know, of course, again, leaving Max Domi uh, unprotected for Seattle. Uh, we're going to need that even more as we go through the next few years. Um, and then defense, we already know. We already know with, you know, the potential of losing a defenseman to Seattle or and the potential of trading away um, Seth Jones. Like, we just need to rebuild our defensive depth. And so we're going to need those prospect pieces. So I'm kind of happy either way, um, either with Simon or Mason for our, our fifth pick um, or our fifth um, number five pick. Um, I think either one, based on their profiles, will be good additions and would work well within our system.
1: I I hear a lot So I actually have a player that I'm like, stay away from, please don't pick (laughs) in this grouping. And it's Simon Edmondson. Like there's a lot of talk. You can probably play this back in three years. Hopefully we're still a podcast and hopefully we're still relevant. But I hear a lot about how much of a project he is and how a lot of scouts think that he's going to need a lot of serious work to be a consistent NHL defenseman. And I like no time for that. Like I have no time for that. The Blue Jackets should have no time for that. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously, we're in a period of time where development's going to be key, but but that Simon Edmondson is probably the biggest risk-reward out of those defensemen uh, that exist. I mean, obviously, like I said, Owen Power is going to go first overall, but then you get to these three defensemen who are there, uh, who could potentially be there in Luke Hughes, Brant Clark, and in Simon Edmondson. And I, if I had to rank those three, I would put Simon Edmondson as my three. I'd put Luke Hughes one. Uh, Brant Clark two and and Simon Evans, three and I I just do hope that the Blue Jackets steer clear of him and and go with another route. I think also like Luke Hughes kind of to your point is a sexier name. I think that you know Brant Clark is a sexier name in the hockey world. I think those are two players that people are really excited about. I'd love to see them be Blue Jackets. I also do you go with a center here? I don't I don't think you do right because I think you look at really the only guy who is in this grouping of players that you're like, Oh, this player is going to be a center in the NHL. Like you're pretty sure of it is um, Matthew Bernier. Bernier, Oh my God. Berniers. I think that's right. I don't know. I listen to way too many podcasts about this and I just like forget. Um, But he's the only player that people are like, yeah, he's a center. He'll be a center in the NHL. Everybody else are like, he might end up, you know, matriculating to the wing in the NHL. And, and as much as those players are necessary, like we do need that center depth. Uh, they kind of give me that like Jack Rossovic vibe where you're like, yeah, like he's probably a winger in the NHL, but we're going to try really hard to develop him at center and just kind of see how that goes. And maybe we just have to make him play center because we don't have another choice. Uh, I don't think it's until you start to get down to around our, our second and third pick of the first round where you start to become a little bit more comfortable with the Blue Jackets taking a defense or a center, excuse me, so I'm going to say that the Blue Jackets should draft. I think Luke Hughes is going to get picked by New Jersey. I just like, him am already pissed off at Neil for that. I don't know why I'm mad at Neil, our friend over at the devil state of mind podcast, but I'm already mad that there are going to be two Hughes brothers playing for the devils. So shout out to you, Neil. Um, I think the Jackets should draft Brant Clark if he's there. That's who I want to see them pick. And, and we'll see how that goes. Um, oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. A defenseman should be the f- the first option. We need more immediate help at center. Um, and as we all know, draft picks, there's only like a minuscule, like one or two of them that immediately go into the NHL. And as all of the analysts will tell you, this draft class is – I weaker is not the like – correct word because all of them like for the most part like you only get considered for the nhl draft if you're like good but they just aren't quite at that level yet a lot of them still need another year either with their college team their junior league team in the ahl like they all need a year or two more to Mm -hmm. get to that level um and we as a team even if we're not expecting to be like playoff contenders Again, we don't want to crash and burn entirely, so we need more immediate center depth help, and those are things we can acquire in free agency, in trades, like that kind of stuff. So I don't think using something as high as a the fifth pick for a center is worth it for us. I think defensemen, we will get by in the meantime as we develop some defensemen through prospects. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. Center sure. is
0: more of the immediate need.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree, and it's it's a really good thing that we have somebody like Max Domi at our second center to really. Oh, we don't. Maybe okay, got it. Um, just remembering. Um, so you're gonna
0: make me cry. Like I'm <laughs> gonna cry on the live stream on Wednesday.
1: Oh yeah. The yeah, they can't pick Max Domi for the sake of of your being on camera. But I do I do think though, like to continue the center conversation, once you start to get um, toward, you know the middle of the first round, mid late first round, you do start to get some guys that you you feel more comfortable taking a gamble on with a pick such as like a twenty five or thirty two. Um, one player that I know is probably not gonna fall down to the blue jackets at twenty five. Um, But I'm actually pretty curious about because there's so many conflicting. It's either, like, people love him and think he's going to be great, and some people are like, this guy's overrated. He's not going to amount to much, especially not a center. Um, As as, uh, Fedor Sveshkov, um, I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's his name. That's a pretty badass name. Like, I don't know. But there's something about him that I'm really interested in. The player that, like – I am just absolutely infatuated with because he makes no sense is Aturati. Um, He's the player that, um, you know, Aaron Portsline picked in the first round mock draft that the writers for the athletic did. He's the player that Corey Pronman picked. um, Who's like the scouting expert at the athletic who he picked for the blue jackets 25th overall at the end of, at the end of like last year, like the last go round, like around, when when COVID came came around like Aturati was somebody that a lot of people thought could go number one overall um and he kind of fell off this season and I just there's something about that that's just so infatuating to me it's like logically speaking that probably means he's regressing and other people are catching up to him and he's probably not as good of a prospect (laughs) as people thought but in my head right like there's a part of me that's like but this year has been so weird. Like, what if he just is, like, having an off year? Like, what if he's actually just, like, he's just as good as he was and the intangibles are still there and we pick him at 25 overall and then we're talking in, in five to ten years about how it's an absolute travesty that somebody like Atu Rati fell to the Blue Jackets at 25th overall. That's my eternal optimist speaking. So I'm really kind of pulling for Atu Rati to become a Columbus Blue Jacket in that second yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel the same. I mean, everything I've read about him, you know, everyone's looking at him to be our number, like the 25th pick by us. Um, and I agree with you. Like, I think what's interesting about this draft class, you know, obviously what I just said about it being quote unquote weaker than dra- than classes in the past, but what these, some of these players have only been able to play 12 games in the last right. year. Like there is so much against all of these players with COVID and all the restrictions, especially if they're Canadian players, because so many of the leagues in Canada were completely shut down. Um, And a lot of the, you know, even the kids that are on college teams, you know, as Jeremy and I both know, working for um, universities, a lot of the college sports weren't happening either. So you're looking at players who have been sat for a year, maybe playing a handful of games here or there. So yeah, their numbers are kind of all over the place because scouts haven't been able to see them as often. You know, they may have taken an opportunity if they weren't going to have a season to have an injury repaired. Like, so now they're in that recovery phase of things. Like, it is just a lot of obstacles for any of these players on this list. So I'm with you where I think, like, you know, he had a a weird year like everyone else. And maybe this is, like, a sign that he, you know, things pop back up again when he can, you know, really build back up that standard. Because, yeah, he has been looked at previously as going within the top five. Um, So I'm game to take him on. Um, as a Blue Jacket and see if his rocket really takes off.
1: Yeah, I know. I totally agree with you. And, and you know, another player that there's a lot of doubt about in this draft, and he's another defenseman, uh, and it's somebody who I'm interested in, uh, Corey Promenheim going at 19th overall. I don't think he's going to fall to the Blue Jackets with that 25th pick. But Daniel Cheka is also another player who – it's really interesting to follow and he's somebody that I really am uh, interested in Uh, as a player. uh, Of course, you know, he is not, you know, going to be a lifesaver for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Then again, I really don't know how many people in this draft are going to be lifesavers for their respective teams to begin with. I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, not, not that kind of a draft. It's not, um, you know, a franchise making draft, but Um, you know, he, he's big, uh, he's, he's good at transition. Uh, so I just, I'm fascinated by him, but I do think he will go before us. But, uh, you know, if you look at Corey Promen's prospect ranking, he's not like in the draft mock draft that he did. He has him at 25. So it is entirely possible that, that it works out, but who knows?
0: Yeah. There's a lot of options for that number 25 pick. And so it'll, it'll be interesting because it could also be. I mean, if you watched last year's draft, sometimes Yarmo likes to be crazy and pick someone completely out of the box. Um, so we shall see. But, you know, then moving on, we have the very last. First round pick, number 32 or 31, depending on how you look at it. But like Jeremy said in the beginning, we're going to say 32. So then we're the first team to ever pick the 32nd overall pick. So who are you feeling?
1: I don't know. I just like there are some players there. But like here's the thing, right? Like, yeah, the Jackets, you're looking at 30, like the the last pick of the first round, 32nd overall. But then you're gonna pick again. You're gonna pick again at 37, I think. No, you're not just kidding. We don't no, have we do that. Just kidding. Pick. Um well if you Currently. know Well, right. But if if only Ryan DeZingle didn't exist, we would have the 37th overall pick. So that point is moot. Um but like I do think like you look at some of the players that are in that range, like I think um, you know, a player like Colton Doc is somebody who is interesting, why Johnson Johnston, excuse me, is somebody who could fall, um, fall down to that area. Uh, so I think especially if the Jackets go with a defenseman in that 25th pick, especially if like the Daniel Cheka falls down to them at twenty-fifth, I do think you look at the center again. Like I don't think you're getting out of this first round without picking a center if you're Yarama Kekaline in in the front office. So I think you're pretty much gonna look at who is your highest rated center prospect. Uh, at the end of the first round, and that's the guy you go with. Might not be the person that you that other people think is the highest-rated prospect. I introduce you to Igor Chinikov, but, um, but yeah, I do you think that that's the route the Blue Jackets have to go in there to make sure that they they do at least get some prospect depth at center? Uh, you know, especially if they're not able to do so via draft over the course of of the off season, so. Is there anybody who stands out to you?
0: Not so much. I mean, the athletic has us listed for, and I apologize if I butcher his name.
1: You have Um, to get it right. Isn't he finished? Because if like, you know, you know, our finished finished friends, listen.
0: Our finished friends, I'm going to do my damnedest to get this right. But if I'm wrong, please let me know. And I will correct myself. But the athletic has us down for Samu, Salminen?
1: I think that's pretty close. I was going to say, like, uh, Samu Salminen. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Might be. So, um, but also a center, um, played for the U18 Worlds for Finland, did a really incredible job. Um, lots of scouts love him. Um, you know, has a great level of competitiveness. So, again, in building those center-depth prospects, I think it's a pretty standard, like, we won't be hurting if we take him. And, obviously, we have, you know, a love for Finnish players here in Columbus. So, um, we would be happy to welcome aboard another one. Um, But – yeah, I think it's there's going to be there's a lot of moving around mm-hmm. and possibilities in like the second half of this first yeah. round, and so it's going to be kind of up in the air. I think who not only number twenty five and number and number thirty two are so yeah, um, but it's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, and naturally somebody's going to fall that the teams don't expect to fall. They're gonna pick him, which is gonna make, make somebody else fall. They don't expect to fall. I mean, it that I love the draft. The draft is so much fun because you you follow along with with who people have been saying for the last year are gonna get picked at this spot, this spot, this spot, and then they don't. It's like, wait a minute, like what, what's going on? Like what are we missing that people are seeing? And and it's gonna be a lot of fun. I don't think this is gonna be another year like the 2013 draft, the 2013 draft. The only other time in Blue Jackets history uh, that we were the owners of three first-round picks, in which we uh, selected Alexander Wenberg, Kirby Reichel, and Marco Dano, respectively. So I don't think that we're gonna have that much of a strikeout on Friday. We might, we might, because it's all a gamble, right? Like it's all a gamble. Like, like there's no knowing, you know, how things are gonna shape up. And so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm excited to be – like, we're going to – like, this is – like, I wish they did this every year, right? Because how cool is it that, like, the front office staff is going to be announcing the pick from Nationwide Arena in front of us as fans. Like, that's going to be so much fun to see. Uh, that's an interesting part of hockey lore that we get to be a part of on Friday. So hopefully we see people there. I'm super excited about that. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And they got some deals on the concession stands. So you know Laura and I. We're about a damn snack. We're about a
0: snack. Yeah. So please, if you are local or feel like making the drive, um, come out Friday night um, starting at six o'clock to the Blue Jackets official draft party at Nationwide Arena. Um, If It's worth it just for the list of like prizes you could win and deals they're going to be having. I mean, I'm, kind of stoked for a lanyard just because it's been a year since we've gotten a free something from anywhere because you know COVID and such Um no. but yeah we're gonna be there we would love um, to, to meet other people who listen to the show or follow us on uh, social media it's gonna be a really fun time I think and yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see everything go down live like I want to say center ice, but the ice isn't there. It's just center floor. You can
1: say center ice. So I think it's there. <laughs>
0: um, so uh, it'll be Yarmo on a big cement slab. Um, and it'll be great. Um,
1: that just I, sounds like right. That feels like just representative of, of Yarmo, just like a cold well, I, slab. I
0: do fully believe that he has a secret, like, back cave type situation at his home um where he makes all of these deals and he has a big chair that kind of looks like it's from Game of Thrones um yeah. you know he has like a person that solely is in charge of polishing his head uh but <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hope you clip this cuz just your reaction is worth it um but you know He's just very elusive, and it'll be interesting to see him doing these this situation in the public eye. Um, Do we think that he's
1: going to bring his head shiner, too?
0: No, because I think he'll want to keep that to his... He's going to be
1: on TV, though. Like, you feel like he just, like, might need it.
0: That's true. Maybe one of the new assistant coaches will be in charge of, like,
1: buffing they it get out. it. Yeah, they get it. They get it. They've been there, done that shit, so maybe they well, will be. We
0: also are now currently a, a whole coaching staff of hairless men. So. I, love,
1: I love Mr. Clean.
0: It's a good look. It Less is. maintenance. They're about it. They're business-focused. And, you know, none of this, my beloved Cam Atkinson having to, you know, floof his quaff or, you know, line his golden locks all that's maintenance all that's work
1: which are gone now his his hair is gone
0: i know he cut it
1: it looks good it looks so much better that way but before before we get into the aesthetics i know we're both aestheticians aestheticians. at that one it's that one mm. um but uh do you have anything else as we're going into this week that that you want to i will say it's going to be a fun week for us like You know content wise of course um you're listening to this episode um you know it came out on tuesday we're recording it here monday night uh but you know maybe you're listening to it wednesday thursday that's why we wanted to get it out before the draft so you get a chance to listen and catch up uh so a little bit earlier than our normal friday release this week but that's all good Uh, we'll do the live stream on wednesday for you to check into so tomorrow if you're listening to this on tuesday uh you know we're gonna post the the live recording on uh you know wherever you listen to your podcast apple podcast spotify you name it on friday our normal episode release date but it's gonna be a lot of a lot of good content from subjectively speaking this week hopefully the blue jackets give us something to talk about i just think they will i don't know maybe it's just a hunch uh but laura we're gonna be reacting to this all week and They're going to want to, our listeners are going to want to know how they can interact with us. So I'm going to throw it over to you to read that Magna Carta of places where our fans can follow us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've, I mean, even when we were both on separate mini vacations this weekend, there was a lot of interaction.
1: um, Yeah, which, fuck that. Like, why is it like the, when we are gone, like, it's just like everything, right? Like, it's just everything. And it just like, I'm texting you. Oh my God, Carrie Price, and you're like, Oh my God, this person. Oh my God, this person. It's just like, Oh my God, like this weekend was nuts and
0: a good weekend
1: for R and R. But Jesus,
0: yeah, they just really came for us in our uh, one vacation this summer. So, um, but so yes, you can follow us on social media. We are at Subjectively Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Seriously, y'all are the best on those two platforms. Um, We love interacting with everyone and building this little community that we have. We are at Subjectively Speaking on Facebook. We're building up those followers um, and getting a lot more interaction there too, which is awesome. Shout out to both of our parents for uh, being our first ever top fan page people on our which is just so adorable hey
1: we can't disrespect joyce joyce was actually one before randy so we got to give joyce the shout is out true.
0: big ups to joyce jeremy's grandma who we both love um so our our top fan badges are are well represented by our respective family family members Um, If you haven't yet, you can check out our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com, where you can see all of our episodes and learn more about Jeremy and I, um, and also get a link to our merch store. Jeremy, if you want to show off the shirt that you are wearing currently, Jeremy is wearing our Pride logo shirt, um, and you can see all of our merch ideas or merch items, at subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. So much cool stuff. I just ordered some more stuff. My friends are raving about how comfortable their shirts are, so they're ordering more things. Um, So if you haven't yet, pick out some merch. Super, super comfortable. Um, And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. Still looking for that 30th star review on Apple Podcasts. So if you want to make our super, super busy hockey-filled week a little bit brighter, um, be a gem and be that 30th um, review. We don't know why it helps, but it does. And it helps us move up and get more noticed um, within the hockey podcast community. So help us out, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, yeah. I think that's everything.
1: I think so. One of these weeks, somebody's just going to be like, can y'all not talk about the website? Can y'all not (laughs) talk about your merch? Because
0: i will never stop talking about our merch our merch is awesome
1: it is good it is really good it's really comfortable it is Um, also
0: what we will be wearing to the draft party i'm still
1: not 100% convinced that i will i'm still trying to decide if i'm like i can't i don't know if i can bring myself to do it i don't know it's like i don't like you know how like you don't wear like a band's merch to the concert that's how i feel about our own merch like i'm like scared i don't care
0: i even said that you could wear the least obvious one, which is the Lars Bar shirt.
1: Yeah, I will probably wear the Lars Bar shirt, because that's kind of clean. I will be the one who wears her
0: own merch.
1: I love it. I will take that
0: one for this team, because I believe in us.
1: For sure. Well, until next time, y'all, make sure that you are taking care of yourselves, make sure you're taking care of one another, and we will catch you on the next episode of Subjectively Speaking. Don't spend too much time on Twitter this week, because it's going to be a riot. Yeah.
0: Or do, and interact
1: with us. That's true. If you're going to go anywhere on Twitter, come see us. But until then, we'll chat with you soon.
0: Bye.